Blog Talk Radio. And now on Blog Talk Radio, you're listening to Wine Talk with Stu the Wine Guru. Talk for today, Thursday, November 11th, 2010. It's 7 p.m. Eastern, and I'm your host, Stu the Wine Guru, coming to you live from beautiful Coral Springs, Florida, as I always do. Take your calls anytime during the show at 1-646-381-4860 or email me your questions at info at stewthewineguru.com. You can also go to my chat room here on the show page and chat with other wine enthusiasts or tweet me any questions you like at stewthewineguru on Twitter and I'll read them live on the show. I want to thank, say thanks to all the listeners out there for getting the word out about my show. Welcome to all of you listening worldwide. I call that the power of the people meets the power of the Internet. Now, if you want to find out more about me, just Google Stu the Wine Guru. You can find the websites, videos, the articles, and the shows I'm currently a part of. Now, speaking of articles and reviews, I'm writing wine articles and reviews for Yahoo and The Examiner, so look for those as well. I've made a Wine 101 series of videos that can be viewed on just about everywhere on the Internet, YouTube, my website, so check those out. Hey, this is Sly Stallone. You're listening to Stu the Wine Guru on blogtalkradio.com. When I'm out making action pictures, I'm listening too. Right now, I'm sipping on a nice Tusca Red. No actual celebrities were used in the making of this promo. Only celebrity impersonators. Hey, hi, this is uh, John Ratzenberger. When I'm not doing voiceovers for movies or doing commercials, I'm listening to Stu the Wine Guru. I suggest you do the same. No actual celebrities were used in the making of this promo. Only celebrity impersonators. As part of my new Top Chefs of the Nation series, I'll be also be interviewing top sommeliers as well. Tonight's guest is one of those top sommeliers. He is originally from Chile and has made quite an imprint in the wine world here in Miami. The name of the restaurant he is a creative force at is the Ritz-Carlton's Chupino's Restaurant. His name is Jorge Mendoza, and he'll be with us shortly. Of course, the number to call in is 1-646-381-4860, or if you're shy and you prefer the computer, email me your questions for both Jorge and I to info at stewthewineguru.com, or tweet your questions to at stewthewineguru on Twitter, and I'll read them live here on the show. As always, as I mentioned, I've opened a chat room here for the listeners to go into and chat. You can ask any questions you want of Jorge and myself, and I'll check into the chat room live periodically to get the answers for you. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Either. Okay, I know I haven't been in a movie in a while. I got it. It's okay. I've embraced it. But when I'm not being either, I'm listening to Stu, the wine guru. Scott, you'll get your turn, okay? (laughs) 
No actual celebrities were used in the making of this promo, just celebrity impersonators. Yeah, hi, this is Tony Banza. You listen to Student Wine Guru. He's not bad. I listen to him every once in a while, you know, drink a Tuscan Red, try to take down the edge. Pretty good. I like him. Not bad. But first up, I want to thank the listeners who are following me on Twitter. I love social media. I can talk directly to my listeners and my guests alike. I can give updates in real time, and my guests are doing the same to promote the show, so thanks to Twitter and social media. Some show notes. My next TV appearance will be airing in January. I'll be a guest on the Emmy Award-winning PBS show, Check Please South Florida. I'll be kicking off its fifth season, so look for that. I've also been asked to be on the hot new, well, not new, but it's been around a couple of years, the CNBC World Show Wine Portfolio with host Jody Ness. They're taking on the Miami wine and food scene, and I'll be showing them where to go and discussing my radio show and the wine industry. Taping starts in 10 days, and the show will air in January. There will also be more TV appearances. I will let you know as they happen. Also, I'll be narrating a promotional digital video for multiple Napa wineries, so you'll be able to hear my voice as well. For all of you wanting to know what events I'll be attending so you can meet up with me like my tweeples do on Twitter, in January, I'll be a media sponsor at the second annual Key West Food and Wine Festival. That's January 27th through the 30th, so come down there and meet me. February 23rd through the 27th, 2011, I'll be covering the South Beach Wine and Food Festival. I'll be interviewing winemakers, exhibitors, keynote speakers, and even attendees. So come down, meet me, say hi, enjoy some wine, some food. Hey, it's a decade they've been doing this. It's in its 10th year, so... Uh, real good stuff. And then March 18th through the 20th, I'll be at the Boca Bacanal Wine and Food Event, and that is just the schedule so far. Now, since I'm a media sponsor for the Key West Food and Wine Festival, I have worked out a deal for my listeners so you can get purchase tickets and get a 20% discount. All you have to do is use the promotional code STWG during the checkout process. Keep listening in, following me on Twitter for more information. My Twitter handle, of course, is do the wine guru. Remember, if you have any questions, I have answers, so call me at 1-646-381-4860 or email me at info at com. You can get into the chat room, as I said, voice your opinion. Of course, you can get on Twitter, tweet your questions to at Guru, and I'll ask them of Jorge. Let me make sure that everyone listening knows the Rich Carlton website and can go there for more information about Jorge and Chiopino's restaurant. To learn more about Jorge Mendoza and Chiopino's restaurant, go to www.richcarlton.com and choose the Key Biscayne, Florida location. You can find out about him, the Chiopino restaurant, and of course, the great Rich Carlton of Key Biscayne. So, without further ado, let me bring on my guest for the night, the great sommelier Jorge Mendoza. Jorge, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great, to, be great here. to have you. I really appreciate it. I'm glad you've uh, I'm glad you've taken the time with us tonight. So let me start off with my questions for you, and okay. then I've got some tweeted questions, I've got some emails, lots of stuff to cover. Mm-hmm. So tell my listeners about growing up in Chile and your early experiences with wine. The one that uh, I always remember is my grandmother was an entertainer and and a, and a good cook, and. Uh, I don't know how, but for some reason, the fisherman that used to drive from Chiloé to Viña del Mar, where I grew up, to deliver oysters to the casino of Viña del Mar, they made a second stop at my grandmother's house and knocked the door, ring the bell, and we'll have a, a crate of oysters to eat wow. uh, on the weekends, Saturdays uh, before lunch or Sunday. And I remember enjoying them with a uh, little white wine at that time. I'm talking about 70s in Chile. No stainless steel fermentation, no malolactic fermentation. They were dry, oxidized white wines. Sure. That uh, that went very well with the oysters, and uh, and the and the family was brought together around around that affair. Then That's great. On, I, I like that. In the that. 80s. Uh, when I was studying hospitality uh, after high school, the introduction of stainless steel came on in Chile, and the monovarietal vinification started. So I, I remember enjoying 
some good Rieslings and Semillon or single varietal wines that now they show fruit. They had a more more complex uh, wine in the, in the glass to enjoy. So right. that was like okay. enjoying wine in Chile and remembering. Uh, now, I, I know you've traveled to the different wine regions. So what were your travels like? to those regions, and, and who did you learn from during those travels? I, I've learned from, uh, from, from different winemakers, and I always, always I've, I've never stop learning or, or be amazed of how committed uh, winemakers are and serious about their wine, and that's why I always preach to, to respect every bottle of wine. Whether you like it or not, it's the work of a, of a man that loves the countryside that loves the vines and takes good care of of those vines. Uh, I I travel uh, and I usually like to visit vineyards and I speak with the winemaker. Um, right. From them I I learn. Um, I have been in few by conscience. I didn't mean to go during harvest because I know they grab every pair of hands to pick grapes and. Uh, I I I I'd rather uh, let somebody else do that. Sure. But I've been in harvest and I have seen winemakers uh, uh, at that time stressing out and and making decisions uh, in a in an hour time frame when a, a, fr a rainy front is coming. For example, once I was in New Zealand and yes. uh, they were having some some foggy days and they were scared that mildew was going to set on their chardonnay and they were hosting us a group of sommelier, and uh, we had lunch, and after lunch, everybody disappeared. They left us in charge of, of, of somebody to guide us, and even the secretary of the vineyard, the, the receptionist, everybody went on, and they picked grapes until the wee hours in the, at night. Isn't that amazing? So so I, I, I've seen that, and, I, and I, I've, I've learned that from, from winemakers in my, in my trips in Italy once I was with another uh, a grape producer in Montalcino, yeah. and we went to negotiate to to buy some grapes because he had a greater facility in Montalcino. In Italy, there's a lot of growers and few vineyards uh, right. because of um, the great expense that means to to build a wine making facilities. So this grower had the best grapes in Montalcino, and, and my friend knew it. So we went to negotiate with him, and we ended up paying a little bit more than what he wanted. But on the negotiation, he got to pick the rose that he was going to, to pick. And on the way back, he he told me, Jorge, you see, I, I wanted to pay, for sake of argument, 95. I ended up paying 105. But I right. called the consortium of Brunello this morning, and they told me that the best grapes are going for 105 the kilo. And... Uh, I paid ten, uh, ten more than what I wanted to pay, but I'm certain I'm getting the best fruit for my wine, and I cannot negotiate on that because that's the quality sure. of my wine. If I want Absolutely. to negotiate, he said, I could start buying a cork, then instead, instead of a dollar fifty, I will pay a dollar, but it's going to be a shorter cork. I will buy right. grapes that are lesser quality. And I saved ten euros on the kilo, or, or or whatever. But my wine in four years from now, when it comes out, I'm not going to be proud to have my my name on the label. Yeah. So so that has told me that it's very important to visit the site, to meet the 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 winemaker, visit the the vineyards, and and that assures you that then when I make my choice for the wines on my wine list. I'm going to be offering the best of the best in each region. That's great. That is. And and so and why don't you tell my listeners some of the places you've gone? So you talked about Italy and you talked about uh Montalcino. Um but you know, tell us I about am, you know I'm I'm fascinated with Italy. I I I I like Spain. I travel I I used to go and rent a car and just drive around. Drive around right. for for two weeks. Um Italy, Spain, France, Champagne, I visited extensively, sure. uh, New Zealand, Chile, <laughs> Argentina. <laughs> I've gone to Napa. Do you have Napa. a favorite? 
you have a favorite, Jorge? I I really enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to pick, but my yeah. my favorite I think I would I would I would say is Italy, because yes. of the variety of uh, of the regionality. You really find difference in two hours drive, not yes, only on the do. on the on the landscape and on the wine world, but on the on the human landscape. People is different from region to yes. region to region to region. And the food, uh, I, I I really enjoy enjoy Italy. Spain probably would takes be a care good, you, I close take. second. Jorge, SEO takes care of you, no? <laughs> I've uh, we we traveled with a chef in the past uh, to go and visit vineyards and and restaurants. We went uh, one time to the uh, in October, around the 20th of October, in the town of Alba. They make the Fair, the festival del Tartufo Bianco, the festival yeah. of the white truffle, and uh, it, we went and we enjoyed the festival for a few days, and then we had a car and we drove uh, down. We drove. I remember we one day we left. We left uh, Piemonte around uh, twelve o'clock, right. and we we drove down, stopping at very different restaurants and, and tasting wine. And have, we had lunch like three times and dinner probably <laughs> another three times. And we end up outside Montalcino having breakfast around 5 o'clock in the morning oh, with the wow. hunters in a, in a cafe. So we, we didn't stop driving and, and, and stopping. And along the route, we just drove and found out, oh, this restaurant, let's stop here. And we found one restaurant out in Parma. That was all yes, organic, and we had their local beer, local wine, organic, uh, untouched by any chemical, and the food yes. was outstanding. So, and we do this to, to inspire ourselves and to see what is there and to find new products and to, to, to create uh, a, a more... Uh, in tandem restaurant where the wine and the food are together and there's not a disconnect. Right. There, there was a great change in the wine world probably 10, 15, 15 years ago, maybe more, when the winemakers start walking into the vineyards. They walk right. into the vineyards and start seeing the vines and then they realize that they needed to go there and, and that good fruit make good wine. And I think the next big change that has happened in, in, in the world is when the sommelier steps in in the kitchen and right. and, and starts talking to the chef and, and, and working together in creating dishes and, and tasting wines together and brainstorming and saying, oh, with this wine, probably we'll do something with rosemary or, or testa or so on and so forth. So... That's uh, that's how we, we we approach our our philosophy for the restaurant. I have to tell you, I want your job. <laughs> as soon as you start easy. saying it's it, not easy. I, I was, no, no, I I joke, I joke. And I, <laughs> I was in Spain last week. I, I was talking to one of the, the managers here, and I had something to do. And I said, well, if you want, I could do it Sunday. Uh, before I go to the airport, or or Thursday when I come back, and she said, "What? Where are you going?" And I was going to Spain for three days. Yes. And uh, and I and, and I, at nine o'clock in the morning we were up and going to taste wine until twelve o'clock. Sure. The, the the whole stay, and then at six o'clock in the morning on Thursday I came here, arrived and from the airport I came directly to do a, a wine dinner that I have. Amazing. So, so, so sure. You, you need you. It looks nice, but you need to really like it too. Oh yeah. No, no. And I, and I, I say that. Um, I, I say that lovingly that I like your job. <laughs> I understand how difficult it is, but I also, and the reason, the reason why I say that is, is because I remember traveling in Italy. Italy is probably one of my favorite wine regions, and and everything you said is everything I experienced. And that, you know, the amazing thing is that everyone has their own wine. You know, every right. place you go, they have their own house wine. And the and the, the the thing is, is you you know you can go from point A to, to point B to point C in Italy, drive down the coast, the Malfi coast, if you want, or you know a variety of Sorrento, any a lot of different places. And the thing is, it's like you go, wow, I would love to have this wine and serve it, 
you know, I can imagine you thinking this. I'd love to be able to serve this wine to my, my customers. And then you realize, you know, he made the wine, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago or, you know, a day ago, a couple of days ago. And it, it's, it's only offered in that restaurant. And that's it. Right, they right. Don't, they, have, in, they don't have enough. They exactly. Don't have enough. Sometimes, yeah. But as I, as I, as I say also, uh, everybody's doing good wine today. Everybody's, oh, yeah. every, everybody's making good wine. They, they, what they do in New Zealand, they know instantly in, in Napa and vice versa. They know how. It's, it's so widespread, the, the technology of what we know today uh, for the winemakers. It, it is uh, a great benefit for the consumer because yeah. we, the, the, the bar of, of quality has risen tremendously. Uh, and there are wine, good wines everywhere, sure. You know, uh, I wanted to ask, you know, for my for my listeners, now I have people listening all over the world, Jorge, so yes. this is something that I think you can educate them on in this simple question. What does it take to become a sommelier? Simply put, educationally. Well, you, it's, it's consistency, like everything else. Consistency, Commitment, be systematic, uh, good memory, olfactory memory, good right. tasty memory, and and the and the ideas memory. Uh, try to be um, be open also, uh, because I I always I I teach sometimes and I, and I say to people, don't say this is about wine. Say well maybe I don't like it. But analyze it objectively and realize that maybe it is a good wine. It's balanced. It's good acidity. It's a representative of the region. Right. Uh, it has been well crafted. You don't like it is is besides the point. So that uh, that is uh, what I was and discipline also speed 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 speed. <laughs> Absolutely, because if you're traveling like you were through Italy. And you're starting at you know you know nine o'clock in the morning, and you're going till twelve. You are definitely not swallowing all that wine. <laughs> no, you, you, get, you get sidetracked. Uh, you would get, you wouldn't go anywhere. You'd stay, right, you'd you stay there okay. playing bocce ball and don't, <laughs> exactly. don't finish the trip. And, That's um, funny. That's so true. Um, <laughs> and and it could it, be fun, but oh, yeah, but uh, when it's time to work, it's time to work. Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, to become a sommelier. It is important that you realize that it takes work and it takes commitment to 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 allow sometimes uh, time to 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 study and and then uh, then you have fun. There are places in 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 some countries that I I have gone and I know there are tourist attractions and I've never been. You know, because oh, okay. I was the objective of the trip was was other, but uh, I was able to visit Grey Vineyards, for example. So right. So yes, yeah, it is, uh, and uh, and and read also. I think it's it's very important uh, to to grab a book and and read about it uh, because you 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 build your knowledge, and uh, and for new generations especially, I think they. Uh, overlooked the value that reading it has in your in your uh, formation as a professional. Sure. Uh, because they 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 tend to believe that everything is is on uh, available for them on uh, on a Google. But uh, yeah, or internet, right? But sometimes sometimes great get, getting a, a good book from a source like uh, the the boards. That every every wine region has a reading mm-hmm. boring compendium sometimes of the laws of the DOCG or DOC from Italy or the right. uh, ABA Spanish rules and regulations from Rioja, but uh, right. but you have to you have to 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 learn you have to read them. Absolutely. So, so my next question is this, and and that's good. It's a great point that you bring out because I I kind of think that people just assume, okay, you've you know you've tasted a lot of wines, and I I don't I think they simplify the concept of being a sommelier 
uh-huh. rather than knowing everything that goes into it. There's a lot that goes into it. Um, so, if I may, uh, also yes, please. Don't the, you, there is a the sommelier. Yes, it, it is one of the parts, but not, make, make, make no mistakes. At the end of the day, it's a business, and, right? And, and you need to have that element uh, in in consideration. Otherwise, nothing else works. That the, yes. the numbers need to make sense at the end of the day. Right. No, no. It's very, great wines. Sometimes we all want to have them, but if 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 you are, you don't have the clientele to sell them, or 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 there is uh, no no movement, uh, you might get in trouble. Know your client. <laughs> exactly. Know your client. It's like you know how they say in real estate, it's location, location, location. Yes. In 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 the world of wine, it's Know your client. Know your client. Know your client. Right. Right. Otherwise, otherwise you, as I, I say jokingly, I will have to drink it myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Comes out of your paycheck, right? Right. Right. That uh, makes sense. Yeah. So, so when you're, I here's, I, here's a question I have for you. So, so when you're not working, what do you like to do, Jorge? I like to, I like to sleep late because I, I, I'm not a morning person. Okay. I when there's a good rugby game, I I go out of my way to watch it. Right. Uh, I love to cook at home. Uh, spend time oh, okay. with my wife. Cook. And I she like cooks to read. As well? I like to read. Uh, I'm reading at the moment a history of the French Revolution. Okay. And um, I like cinema, but I, I I haven't gone lately. But I like the movies. Sure. Music. What music do you like? Listen, I'm a rock and roller. Ah, okay. Same here. <laughs> so, uh, we have with Rush, Pink Floyd, The Doors. There you go. You're talking my language there, Jorge. I have beer a little bit to to jazz too. Chick Corea, I really enjoy. Yes, yes. Knows. But there's well, and music I have to everywhere know. too. I, that I'm Latin, but uh, I wasn't too keen on on Latin music. But uh, what is the okay. name of the the Colombian? Shakira has some good songs. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> her music's good too. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> She's nice to look at, and her music is good too. So good. Uh, uh, so, so my question was this: um, Let's say for some reason you could only choose one wine varietal to drink from. From now on, that's it. You'd only allow one, the law or the the United States or wherever it is, the world said only one. You choose one and that's what you have for the rest of your life. What would it be? Can I be question. <laughs> you can only pick one. The first one that comes to my mind is Pinot Noir. And why would that be? Because it takes different, depending on the terrain, it takes different disguises, if you will, or costumes. Yes. Um, it could be light and fresh and elegant, or can be deep and, and bold. Um, so I, I do enjoy, I do enjoy Pinot Noir because it has a freshness. Okay. Uh, and do you like it from any particular? Do you like Oregon, or do you like, uh, or do you like, Bologna. you know? Burgundy. You do, okay, so that's where you like it from. Burgundy. I like uh, Oregon. I like um, Russian River. Okay. They're yeah, doing well, I mean, those great, are great places. They come in San Antonio in Chile, which is another region that wasn't a wine region. Um, but yeah, you know, um, in, in New Zealand, Central Otago has some great Pinot Noir. So, and they're mm-hmm. all different. So, if you tell me choose one great varietal, that's it. Beer is I'm going to get tired, monotony, you know. And the Pinot Noir yeah. has, offers you that. Okay, you know that's 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 a very good very good answer. Um, we have some email questions that are coming in fast and furious here, so I want to get to some of them here for sure. a lot of people want to ask you some questions there, Jorge. Yeah. Um, so the first one is from Enid eight four two from Nassau Bahamas, and yeah. it says. Stu, I love your show. I've been listening for three months now, and I've learned a lot about wine. Thanks. My question for Jorge is, what is the proper etiquette to use when you want to send back a bottle of wine the sommelier has recommended? Okay, it's a good question. 
the, so what's the proper way the, to do the, it? Just, just be frank, you know, and, and in Spanish we say, look, Cortés no quita lo valiente. Just be courteous. Uh, but if if, the, if I offer you a bottle of wine and mm -hmm. it's not of your liking, uh, I'll gladly change it for something else and and, right. and just be um, assertive and, and, and direct. Just, just tell them, I'm sorry, I didn't enjoy the, the, the wine that you suggested. Could we right. please find something else? Right. And and usually there's no happens. You know, no it happens, huh? So because right. sometimes uh, people say, "Oh, that happens to me." No, it's it's normal. It could be that it doesn't fit the flavor profile of of the person. As a sommelier, my job, as you just mentioned, is know your customers. And I sometimes will ask, "What do you enjoy generally? No, what right. what wine do you drink generally?" And from there, I try to drop. Uh, uh, a common denominator, and then suggest something that will be on that flavor profile. Got it. But uh, sometimes the wine uh, is is not uh, of the liking of the person, and by all means, we change it. Right, and it all depends on what they're eating, of course, as well. You know, you want to make sure that it, it's going to pair well with what they're eating, so Certainly. this way it's not. Yeah. So, well, I want to thank. Uh, let's see. I want to thank that. Uh, the person that just that was Enid eight four two for your question from Nashville Bahamas. Thanks for that question. Next up is um, Polar Bear three from Anchorage Alaska, <laughs> and it says, "Stu, what a great show you have. I I, I find when it's cold here in Alaska, a nice port warms me up. My question for Jorge is, how often do you have to change up the wine list? And then it says, "Thanks and cheers to you both." So Polar Bear three from Anchorage Alaska. Thanks so much and. Jorge, how often do you have to change up the wine list? They ask. The 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 wine list I change it as needed, and that means that for for instance I have 300 entries on the wine list, and right. some of those entries is uh, a case I got from 1993 uh, Barolo, so right. that's 12 bottles, and when those 12 bottles run out. Uh, I can't order anymore. I can't replace it, so I need to change that page. So I go to a computer, I de delete the line, print that page, and and do it. Sometimes it's daily. Sometimes I change huh. it uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I have to change it because an item uh, uh, either changed vintage or an item right. became unavailable. Uh, I don't have an unlimited amount of wines. In my in my in my cellar, so if I had only six bottles of um, a Corotti from Gigal, I'll I run out of those and I run out of it, and I need to change the list to reflect what I have available. So that right. is sometimes is daily as needed, and I have it, it in a in a in a saving in a file. So it's easy for me to go print. I put the special paper I have, which is a nice linen paper, mm -hmm. and um, print it. Oh, there you go. Well, there's your answer, uh, Polar Bear 3 from Anchorage, Alaska. Next up, from Bjorn Wine from Helsinki, Finland. And it says, Stu, wow, I'm enjoying this show. You have great guests on. My question for Jorge is, do you find it hard to deal with customers who think they know more about wine than you? That's a great question. I bet you get them, right? <laughs> and I get them some that know more than me. <laughs> really? Not no. only that they think they know more than me, there are some people that is, their, their knowledge, as I say, is, is widespread. Okay. And you find guests that sometimes have sellers bigger than the one I have, or deeper right. in, in, in vintage. They have the last, or they have Opus One, for example, which is an icon wine here in America. They yeah. have it since their first vintage, and they have every 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 vintage a case. So sure, sure. I enjoy usually when I have a guest that that knows more than me. Uh, right. When I have somebody that thinks that knows more than me. Right. I also enjoy it, you know, because it's, it's it, I, I I think that thinking that knows more than me shows that the person is interested in wine, and I guide them along. Uh, to 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 the to the truth. 
<laughs> That's a great attitude. I like that. So the next one is from Ana Vino from San Juan, Puerto Rico. And it says, Stu, your show rocks. This is a show to learn and to be entertained. My question for Jorge is, what challenges do you face making sure that the customer is happy with the wine you have chosen? So and I, I guess it's another the word. is preconceptions sometimes. Preconceptions, uh, that, that's one of the challenges, that a wine should taste like so. Right. Uh, uh, second is, uh, for example, uh, we open, when we opened, we were in a Spanish restaurant. And we repositioned to Chopino, which was an Italian restaurant. And mm -hmm. uh, Italian wines is always challenging because of the amount of different uh, DOCGs, different grape varietals, uh, different regions, different languages, different names. So uh, it was challenging as well because Italian wines until the 80s, they had if you will, a reputation of low-quality wine. So right. we have Italian wines in the list. They say, oh, uh, let me offer you a Chianti. No, I, I, Chiantis are no good. Well, it happens that in 2000, there was a movement in Chianti, Chianti Duemile, that it right. would bring up the quality across the board of Chianti. And I think Chianti wines today is, are giving you the, one of the best values in the wine world. Uh, so that is that is... The, the biggest challenge, the preconception of, of what wines are. Uh, the second is, perhaps if, if, in America, uh, prohibition, I think, affected the way wine is consumed when uh, when you have still dry countries in the United States yeah. and you offer a bottle of wine, guests start looking at each other. Who's going to be the first one that's going to order alcohol? where wine in my upbringing belongs in the table with food. Uh, sure. And, 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 and that is, is, is sometimes challenging, too, to bring to their experience that wine is part of the food. It's, it's not to, to get boost, if you will. Right. Sure, sure, sure. So that, that's a that's a great I tell you that's a great analogy and and, and a great explanation too. Um, the next one is from Koala B seventy two from Brisbane Australia, and it says, "Stu, good wine show, my friend. Here in Oz, we listen to you every week." <laughs> Question for Jorge: Have you ever been asked about a wine you didn't know anything about by a customer? I thought he was going to ask who I like best: or the old blacks or the wallabies. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it could have been it could have been a rugby question, right? <laughs> uh, yes, I have been asked about wines that I don't know. As I said, we, I have guests that know more wine than I do of certain regions, or, or wine in general. You know, I have guests here that are importers of wine. You know, the ones that own the the the, the company that imports wines from Europe, sure, to sure. Italy, France, and they're my guests. So they're they're they travel more than I do. To those regions, right? Uh, so, so yes, and and wines today, the wine world is is changing, and there's always a new wine coming up. Some of great quality, uh, the cult cult wines that so so the media call. Um, I'm sure I've been asked about wines that I've never heard of, and I don't know what they are. And uh, I, I usually the person that asks me is because they know. So I get right. educated at that moment. I said, no, I'm sorry. I don't know. Please tell me about it. There you go. Yeah, I like how you turn it a very positive, uh, you know, into a very positive situation where, you know, someone, uh, you know, there could be a level, and, a, and I'm not saying the average sommelier, but, it, you know, there, there's always that chance for maybe a little bit of embarrassment in that, I, you know, yeah, I'm expected to know about all wines, and here I am, I'm, I'm stumped, I don't know about this. But I, I like the fact that you take it more in another direction in that, hey, you know, I, it's impossible to know about everything. So in, in, any, in any business, it's exactly. impossible to know. So, you know, and you, and you ask the question back and say, you know, educate me a little bit. What, let me know what you know about that wine so that this way, you know, maybe I can bring it in or maybe I can have it for you at another time when you come in. Um, at, the pace, at the pace that business world works today is too. You have, you have people that is making a label wine that is 
200 cases, 150 cases. Right. You know, the neighbors know about it. <laughs> and sometimes the media, but it's, it's impossible. It's impossible to right. know otherwise. So I have some tweeted questions that have been coming in here. Let me give you those as well. Uh, this is one is from Paul Weinbar from Campinas, Brazil. And they tweet, which is the recommended Malbec for the best New Year's Eve 2011? So they're planning on Malbecs. <laughs> is there one that you recommend? <laughs> a really good one? Yeah, the, there, are, there are two, and, and I don't want to be biased, but there's a, there's a publication in Latin America that tasted uh, Malbecs, and to the to the uh, this man of the Argentinians, it was a Chilean Malbec made by Viumanent. Um I personally have not tasted, but I, I remember I know the the, the 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 owner, the son of the owner of the vineyard, and he came. We have lunch, and he was very happy, and he made sure he told me about it. So look for that Viumanent; it's very good. Some of my favorite Malbecs, uh, on the other hand, are Argentinians. From uh, the Mendoza and Valle de Uco region, Achabal mm -hmm. uh, Ferrer, I think, is an outstanding uh, Malbec. Catena uh, yeah. makes some some great Malbec. Um, Trapiche uh, has some single vineyard. It works like in Italy that there's people that grow fruit only and they don't have the vineyard facility. And Trapiche some big vineyard facilities, and they have. Some of those growers uh, battle uh, singly, and and I recall uh, enjoying those very much. So there you have three in the Trapiche, single yeah, vineyards, Achaval Ferrer, and uh, both from Argentina and Viumanen from Chile. Okay, good, excellent. Next up is from Bob MC from Napa Valley, California, and he says, ask him what he's serving for Thanksgiving. Okay, I'm asking you, what are you serving for Thanksgiving, Jorge? I was thinking of offering uh, rosé wine for Turkey, and I have um, Domaine Ushar, uh Saint-Victoire uh, as, the, as the suggested glass of wine for, for Turkey. Okay, a rosé, interesting. A yes. drier rosé, one with more a little bit more fruit on the, on the yes. finish. Okay. Next one is from Jenna Wine from Miami, Florida, and she tweets, compliments on a great list. She's talking about your wine list, by the way. Yes. Uh, I, I believe she must have gone on to uh, the website and checked it out. She says, any Gruner or Rotor uh, Vetliner to come? And then how many wines do you have under $50? That's what she, those are the two questions she has. Under $50, I don't have many. Probably okay. will be less than a dozen. Okay. Uh, on the on the sixty dollar, I have probably around sixty, forty, a uh, twenty five, a good thirty percent. Um, gotcha. Gruner Berliner, mm -hmm. a varietal that I enjoy, but uh, I I look at my wine list as a complement of the of the menu, of mm -hmm. the food, and um, we have not had uh, a, a menu for. Uh, the Gruner Berliner variety, a menu item for the Gruner Berliner variety. I'm always open okay. to, a, yeah. to any wine, and and every okay. wine has a has a chance. I just haven't gotten to to pair yeah. anything to have uh, the Gruner Berliners in the wine list or the Rotor Berliner that Berliner. Okay, so next one is James the Wine Guy from San Francisco, California, and he tweets. Your thoughts on Moroccan and other North African wines? They have their place. Okay. Uh, I haven't I haven't enjoyed much of them, but I've tasted them, and uh, I think they they are, are a little bit rustic, if you will, which I enjoy. Perfect okay. for. Um, for uh, for the spicy food that uh, is offered in the region, um, right? It could you know? I I never forget. I was uh, we used to have a program here sponsored by Bordeaux, and I'm talking early nineties. And right. uh, the idea was to to promote Bordeaux wines, 
and the president of that came to the restaurant where I was working, and he mentioned, oh, you know, now in, in France, there are people ordering Chilean wine, and they're ordering because they find they're exotic. <laughs> <laughs> and that was his description of, of, of Chilean wines. Wow. Uh, my, one might, might think the same of Moroccan wines, but... sure. Today, Chilean wines are a, a big player in in the, in the wine world. Absolutely, uh, like Argentina is. Uh, that at some point they were on the on the radar of of the consumer. So yeah. Moroccan wines, uh, I think, fall under that category today. Right. That they kind are like the under the radar. They exist. I've tasted some. I think they're. They're they're different and they're they're an expression of the terroir uh, in right. the region, and uh, and certainly with the globalization globalization of the world, in few years they will be widely available and be, and enjoyed by everybody. I, I think they're a great pairing for a tagine, for example, a lamb, uh, couscous. Oh yes, most definitely, most definitely. And would you also say kind of like the Greek wine is, is, is kind of making their its way in the market slowly, but kind of... Great, great rosés are delicious. Right. Can't drink enough of it with, with, with grilled octopus. I'm saying the, the Greek wine. Yes. Yes, oh, the Greek okay. rosé. Oh, the Greek rosé. Okay, gotcha. I'm sorry. Huh? I, I didn't know whether you had, had heard me, you know, because of the, the radio and all. Um, the next one I have here is from... Wine Trail Travel from Columbia, Maryland, and they tweeted, if the dinner guests ask for a wine suggestion, do you suggest something they may not have tried before? And then their other question is, who orders the wine more often, the male or the female? Interesting questions. Yeah, yes, to the first one. I tried to, I tried to introduce him to new wines, to demystify mm -hmm. the same thing, that I, I said before about people having an idea of a wine region, per se, or a wine kind that is no mm -hmm. good. So maybe they mystify that and opening something that I think is good. And when I say that, I mean not only good wine technically or balanced, but also value. I look for value. I want a wine to deliver a lot for what I'm paying. Right. You know, I have a, a, a friend that used to tell me, yeah, Jorge, you have a champagne taste on a beer budget. I do. <laughs> I do. Right. I want, uh, I want that, and I, and I like to transfer that in my relationship with the guests. Uh, sometimes right. guests will order or will, will consider a bottle. I ask them what price point you feel comfortable with, and they will say, okay, well, 100 120 and perhaps right. I, will, I will suggest a bottle of $80. Sure. That that is that I think is astounding. Right. And, um, no, it's good. And and yes, I do that. And the second question was. Yeah. Uh, who wears more? Yeah. Who wears the wine more often, the oh, male or the female? I will say male still. Okay. But woman coming into the to the to the ground. It used to be probably twenty percent female. I will say today, good thirty-eight hmm, percent okay. of the times. The lady is the one that 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 is ordering and grabbing the wine list and knows about wine. That's a wonderful thing. I have to tell you, that's a that's a good thing to hear. You know, yeah. that's what definitely in the in the industry of wine these days, you want more people, more people being aware and and uh, and and enjoying it. Um, you know, because what it's fifty fifty. You know, uh -huh. so I'd rather have the, I'd like to have more involvement. Um, so I, the other questions I had for you, my, here are some more of my questions that I wanted to know. Uh, so what brought you to work at the Ritz-Carlton almost 10 years ago? I wanted to work for the best hotel in Miami. Mm -hmm. that, that's, that was my, 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 when I went to, I always tell people, don't, don't leave a job without having another job. Absolutely. I was in a position that I did exactly that. <laughs> I quit my job and uh, I didn't have a job to go to. Right. So I, I left my job and I, I I said, well, now I'm going to apply. If I'm going to to work for, I want to work for the best. And I went to mm -hmm. 
to apply at the Ritz Carlton, and it took about two weeks. They called me, and uh, I started working. It's a great place, now. I yeah, you, I, I enjoy the I, company. I, I, it's a great yes. company to work with. Uh, uh, supportive. Yes, absolutely. And you know, I was going to say I've I've traveled the world, and uh, and my hotel of choice has been uh, has been the Ritz. It's been uh, they're just a, just a great a great property uh, just about anywhere you go, and it's so accommodating. And uh, you know, people just bend over backwards. I seem to find that. That seems to be the permeative, permeating uh, uh, attitude from everyone Certainly that you talk to. Certainly, we're all very proud to work for the company. Yes, and you sense it too. You get that. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, I guess what I wanted to find out from you is, um, you know, do you have? I mean, do you have a favorite wine? I mean, I know that sounds like a, you know, it's a too general of a question. There's a lot of, but is there a particular varietal that you like more than others? And I know we talked about Pinot Noir. Before, but I mean that was only you being. You know, I used to when, when people used to ask me that, "What's your favorite one?" and I always used to say, oh, "The one that I'm drinking at that moment." Right, exactly. But uh, but you know, it is you have faces. You know, it's like Picasso used to paint, used to have periods like the blue period, then he right. sculpture, and mm-hmm. and I think as a as a sommelier, you you have faces too. When I remember when I started. Uh, tasting wines and 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 came to America. In Chile, you were exposed only, only to Chilean wines, and and right. unfortunately, the case is still the same in Chile. Uh, as a produce, wine producing country, there's very very little uh, foreign uh, wine that gets to the market. So, I started. I remember. I I, I love Bordeaux. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I started drinking uh, Napa was my favorite. Uh, uh, then it was Bourgogne, uh, Italy. Probably now is one of my favorite. Rivera del Duero I really enjoy. But yeah. if you ask me what I have at home, what I have drunk in the past five days, I I really enjoy a bottle of um, Penedès Cabernet Sauvignon from Spain. Uh, mm-hmm. uh Valduera, Rivera del Duero. Sure. Uh, Acchianti Reserva 2004. Good stuff. Um, uh, Port Tony 20 years. Yeah. I had a bottle of Chablis. Uh a Sauvignon Blanc from Touraine. And uh I know there's another bottle open and I can't uh, picture but um there it tells so me I, I had a bottle of um, Pinot Noir from Oregon. Oh, well, Lamed Valley, I'll tell you, it has to be one of the best places. And you know, the funny thing is I, I said to people about this, and people ask me why I always I seem to choose Lamed Valley. And I have to tell you, I think it comes closest to uh, the, the French region, the, you know, the Burgundy region, um, in in climate, in terroir, you know, here in the U.S. Yeah, I think it really yeah, comes, absolutely. It comes really close. I know? agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. On the flavor profiles, on the delivery of the wines, and you have them all yeah. too, the, the the ones that are big, complex, and you have the light, elegant. Yes, most definitely. So here's my here's my, my big question here. What do you like most about being a sommelier? I'm an hotelier, and 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 the interaction with the guests uh, is 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 what keeps me alive. Uh, mm-hmm. If I if they put me in an office as a, <clears throat> every, uh, uh, my my father probably or my mother wanted me to be politician or a lawyer, I'll die in a desk. Right. What keeps me alive is the interaction with the, with the guests, uh, people, people. I'm, I'm meeting, as I mentioned at the beginning of the program, those people that is committed to quality and to make it the best that they could make. Uh, and talking both ways, no, to the to the consumer that's going to mm-hmm. and to my purveyors. That keeps right. me alive. The the relationships, uh, besides of the perk of of drinking some great wines along the way. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that, Jorge. <laughs> <laughs> that, had, that was coming right down the pike. Exactly. <laughs> That's great. 
So yeah, no, and and that's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's it's a wonderful thing. I have to tell you, being something I've I've always said, and and I, I think you might agree with this, and that is this: wine is a common denominator. Sure. In that you can come from, you can not speak a language, uh-huh. and be in a room with somebody, and uh-huh. if you have a, a glass of wine, you almost don't even have to speak. You uh-huh. know, there's just you can speak with your eyes. You can uh-huh. speak with you know just in in the in the um, in the response that you have towards it, and then the other thing is, you know, there's so much wine out there, you know, uh-huh. to to drink that you can go your whole life. I've said this so many times, and people have repeated it to me in the street when they see it. You can go your whole life and never taste the same two wines twice. And the beauty of that is that journey from the first wine that you've tried to the most recent one, and that could be. 25 years, that could be 50 years, it could be whatever, but in between that journey is what's exactly. so amazing, you know? So, and I think that's what, that kind of keeps everyone within the wine world, as you mentioned, the consumer, the person who makes it, the, the viticulturist, the viniculturist, everyone involved, so, so uh, you know, happy and enthusiastic about it because of that, uh, just because of that fact, because they can just, you know, go their whole life and try. And, 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 and I always tell people just, you know, try something. Try something completely different. Try something that you've never tried before. That you said, you know what? I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not really a white wine drinker. Okay, great. You know, you're not a white wine drinker. Let me. I'm going to give you something. Try this. Try, try this Albarino. You know what uh, I mean? Because I think you, you have to train your palate. And, and the thing I was going to say before, something that I wanted to touch upon, yeah. and I made mental note to tell you, was when you were saying that someone says, like, you bring over a bottle of wine and you make a suggestion, and they say, eh, you know. Jorge, thank you, but I, I really don't like this. Okay, well, you know, what is it? I don't know. I, I think two things. One, and this is just my, my conjecture about being a sommelier, but I would imagine, I know you can't, you have to have a thick skin. You obviously can't take it personally, one. And two, the other thing is, it's like everyone's palate is completely different, different totally different. So, you know, when, when you're giving tasting notes or you're saying you should taste, a, you know, this or that on it, not everybody tastes it, and then you, you. And I always notice when you go to a wine tasting, or if, if someone's saying, "Well, this wine has notes of you know dark cherries and and spice," and you look around and you see a couple people who are very quiet and they smile a little bit and they and they nod, you know, because they, they're not tasting it, they're not they're not picking it up, they're afraid to say anything. Conversely, you have the other people who say, "Yeah, I get that, but I also get this and I get that," and you think right. to yourself, "Wow, uh, okay." That that brings out the point of everyone's palate is different, and there's no wrong answer. There's, you know, you could say, "Hey, I taste tar." Great, okay. Exactly. You're, you're picking that up. That, what I what I say is that wine is a personal experience. Right. It's you and the wine. It's like you kissing kissing your wife. Right. Don't let anybody tell you how that feels. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you go kiss my wife, and you won't feel the same thing I feel. So I hope not. <laughs> so no, it's 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 personal. And uh, regarding the descriptors, where I came from, we rarely a a fresh pineapple, for example. Sure, sure. We don't grow pineapples in Chile. Uh, right. And and right, your your pineapple could be my my nispero, you know, it's, which is another fruit. So, Absolutely. So yeah. So uh, Jorge, although. The language could be different, and and the descriptors could be different. Wine, it, it is bonding. It it is it, it is absolutely a, a a common denominator among among us human beings, and that's why it has been forever. Absolutely, and I want to thank you. Listen, I have to cut it short. We only have a couple seconds left here, so I want to thank you for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it, and I'm going to have you on again, and I'm also going to be coming to uh, Chopino, so I will let you know in advance, and uh, I'll come say hi. We'll have a little wine together, and uh, we'll shoot the breeze and talk about everything. Um, thank you so much. Thank you to everybody that, that commented, uh, to the person that commented on the wine list, and everybody who invited to come to Chopino. Thank you. You got it. Thank you again. Take care. Have a great evening. Likewise, bye-bye. So that was Jorge Mendoza of Chopinos and Rich Carlton in Key Biscayne. Uh, that's the show for tonight. I want to thank everyone who listened in, who emailed, who tweeted their questions. I want to especially thank Jorge Mendoza for coming in and telling us all about the great wines and his work at Chupinos. Jorge, thank you. As always, if you have any questions about the show, you can email them to info at stewthewineguru.com, or if you're on Twitter, you can tweet me anytime the questions, and I'll read them on, live on the air for my guests. 
Uh, you can go to my website at www.stewthewineguru.com and click on the link for all of my wine articles, videos, and listen to archived wine talk shows. Just click on the picture of each of the, each of the guests. As always, I say, if it's time to pour the wine, it's time for Stu the Wine Guru. Drink up. Good night and good wine. Thanks, everybody. And now on Blog Talk Radio, you're listening to